podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely, long-haired, Magnificent-haired co-host Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on? The hair, the hair is hanging on my shoulders. I, I'm doing fine, JJ. My my question this afternoon is whether you are doing okay after just being owned online okay. by Washington's number one running back, JD McKissick. Okay, okay. So let me let me talk about what happened here. So I'm into Antonio Gibson. I'm probably higher on Gibson than most fantasy analysts this year. I have him ranked in like the low RB 30s, like 32 or something like that. So I like Antonio Gibson, and this is confirmation bias season. So I, uh, anytime I see something that is positive for a player that I like, of course I'm going to retweet it. Uh, so I, I saw a tweet. It was from The Athletic. Brad Evans actually quoted something from The Athletic saying that if Washington, if the football team keeps three running backs, it'll be Adrian Peterson – J.D. McKissick Mm -hmm. and Antonio Gibson, which means Bryce Love would be out, which I think would be somewhat surprising. I wouldn't be shocked if they kept four, but even if they, I mean, I understand it because apparently J.D. McKissick has done really, really well in camp, but I quote tweeted what Brad was saying, and I said that leaves Antonio Gibson's main competition to a 35-year-old running back and a 190-pound running back, which are both what I thought were facts. And and look, yeah. I, I said 190-pound running back. Maybe I was rounding down a little bit just to, to make a better tweet and to make a nice a nice rounded tweet. Sure. But I all of a sudden, I looked at my mentions like two hours later, and there's a verified account in my mentions, and it's one JD McKissick, and all it says is 198. Uh, that's just so com- good. It's completely, so- completely crushed. But look, People were taking like what so like someone responded and was like, yeah, people won't tag you in their tweets whenever they're talking trash. I'm not talking trash. I'm saying how much he weighs. You were not talking trash. You could have talked trash because yeah. because McKissick is is a, a journeyman running back who, you know, has very little usage. I think he he got some run for the Seahawks when they were absolutely annihilated at running back. Yeah. One season. Um, so, no, no, your tweet was not was not like mean spirited or anything, but it was very, very funny. Yeah. And look, yeah. 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 Th- th- and this comes after I, I had the morning shift at Roto world. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you, as you may know, I work there now. And, and uh, I, uh, I found that, that Washington nugget. I don't know if I was first or anything, but I, I, I made a blurb out of it saying uh, McKissick has stood out and Bryce love is basically on the roster bubble. Um, you know, and, and he would be out according to this report. If, Washington only keeps three running backs. I I would imagine they're they're going to keep four, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, anyway, uh, and and so I have this thought in my head, like, oh my god, like what if what if McKissick grabs this vaunted pass catching running back role in this offense is supposed to be you know very friendly to pass catching running backs? What would that do to Antonio Gibson truthers? Uh, and you know, so I tweeted it out, kind of kind of as a joke. And then JJ has that moment, so it was it was just like the the best the best uh, turn of events that that have happened to me online lately. Well, we we should also say that after I sent that tweet out, you responded five minutes later, subtweeting me saying that that Antonio Gibson truthers are going to go mad when JD McKissick is the one who's like outscoring him or, or catching more balls than him this year. I JJ, I I promise you, I did not see that tweet before. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I only saw it when you came back and said I've been owned online. <laughs> I, look, look, I want I want you to subtweet me. I think that it's hilarious when you subtweet. Oh, I me. always I always do. Uh, yeah, yeah. I. I subtweet. I subtweet pretty much everyone on on the timeline. Uh, you know, I I will say that uh, it's fun taking a completely contrarian stance where you have nothing to lose <laughs> because if you take if you say JD McKissick is gonna you know is gonna be great this year he's gonna outscore Gibson it does if he doesn't who cares but if he right. does you, you, know, you look like a genius see this well, exactly is, exactly this is it's like being a fantasy analyst it's like yeah exactly if you tout someone who's a late round pick then you can just say oh he was a late round pick anyway it doesn't matter what's it matter it's free it doesn't matter it's just okay. it's no it, it's similar I mean look I, I believe in the tweet that I sent but earlier today I also uh tweeted that 
with Joe Mixon's situation, is he holding out? Does he have migraines? Either way, it's not good, right? Like people, people are like, oh, he's faking, he's faking things because they're just migraines. Have you guys ever had a migraine? Man. I, I used to suffer from. You guys can learn something new about me. I used to suffer from migraines growing up, and I kind of have knock on wood grown out of them. And I think a lot of it was just like adolescence anxiety, growing, etc. I used to get migraines so bad when I was even like three. Uh, I would get them. I had like cat scans when I was really little because I would really? like exercise vo- vomit everywhere when I would get these migraines. Yeah. And wow. so, so, so like I like they run in my family. My dad gets them. My grandma would get them. People are just brushing off migraines like they're nothing. Imagine playing football with a migraine. I cannot. I cannot. You can't, I, I can, you can't even look at the television with a migraine. I've had one. And by the way, I'm sorry that I, I didn't know that about, you know, lifelong sufferer or not lifelong, but as a, as a kid, that is yeah, I've only, I think I've had, I think I've had two in the last decade. So okay. I, it's gotten a lot better, which is great. you know, again, knock on wood, but, right. uh, yeah, I mean, it's and, and both of them, both of them that I got were after intense, intense, intense exercise actually. Right. So, right. So, I, uh, mine was during, uh, my one migraine ever was during golf and it was a particularly hot day yeah and i was walking 18 um you know i used to be able to walk 18 no no problem but i at this time i was like 28 29 somewhere in there it wasn't like i was 16 again uh so i I was walking and on the 15th hole it hit me and i couldn't tee off like i couldn't i could the the prospect of bending over to tee up my ball was too much. I couldn't, I could not deal with it. And I told my playing partners, I said, you don't have to leave, but I, I, I have to sit here under this tree for a little while in yeah. the shade yeah. and get some water. Cause I, I feel like I'm going to pass out from this, from the pain in my head. So yeah, playing football with that. No, no, no. no. Yeah. And, and by the way, your friends found you there four days later be underneath that tree they after did. that migraine. Yeah. They no, I mean, I was starving. Yeah. It, it they are awful. They're debilitating, and it's it's sickening. Not I mean maybe that's too strong of a word, but people just coming out and being like, just play with a migraine. No, that's not how this works, guys. This is and it's it's honestly frightening that he's playing a sport of football and he's getting these migraines. So th- this this whole thing, this whole situation, to me is not just oh he's sitting out. He wants a new contract. Sure, I, I think that he wants a new contract. We know that Joe Mixon wants a new contract. There's like a, a bevy of running backs right now that want new contracts, but. This is not something I think that you just brush off. So I tweeted about Travion Williams uh, earlier today, and I don't even think I talked about the Travion. Like I think I started talking about this this tweet that I sent uh, with with the late round picks or whatever because they don't matter, etc. Uh, but then we started talking about migraines. But the tweet that I sent was, you can p- go pick up Travion Williams because he's uh, a young back. Uh, he really looked good in my prospect model because his production was out of control in college. You know, people probably are going to be rostering Gio Bernard, which I would probably favor Gio Bernard. But if Travion Williams hits in some like, you know, 1% chance, uh, I'm going to look like a genius by, by sending yeah. that tweet. But if he doesn't, I can just say, okay, yeah, you just you drop your kicker and and, yes. and now you can just drop Travion Williams again for a kicker. But there is there is value to I think to that kind of thing, because uh, the conversation, 99% of it has been about Gio Bernard. And, and how he might be able to help your team. And you do have to, you know, especially if there really is something wrong with Mixon, like you are going to have to pay something for, for Bernard in, in redraft. Yeah. Um, and, and, and not so much for, for Williams, but, but yeah, that is the best because I love when, when people will find that tweet uh, later on, like week six or eight or whatever. And they'll be like, JJ told you in August. Yeah, told right. You. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I will say though, like I, I don't tweet things that I wouldn't be doing in my own fantasy leagues. Yeah. Partially because I play in very deep leagues, like our, our LTS listener league. I, I picked up Travion Williams today in that league. You, I didn't know waivers are open. Yeah, wa- waivers are open. I think I've made like six <laughs> roster moves already. Oh, come on. Yeah. So, look, anything I tweet is valid and real. I'm not just like saying things to say things, but it's a lot easier mentally on an analyst to tweet something favorable or unfavorable about a late round pick versus doing that with a first or second round pick because people are going to remember what you say about yeah. those early round guys because you're spending more to get them. But the the main point of this intro is that I remain unowned online. My unowned streak continues, and and JJ's streak has ended uh, at the hands of JD McKissick. So. Yeah, and, and I've been owned by migraines throughout my life. So get on get on doubly to me today. <laughs> 
Uh, All right. So today we're going to go through some questions that we got from our lovely patrons. Uh, But uh, I do want to say, so this this podcast will happen today. It's going to be kind of uh, relaxed as most of them are, but this one even more so than usual. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll do we'll do this show and then next week we'll do our bold prediction show. And then the week after is is week one season. Like it's it's, it's here. Yeah. It's 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 the season. So uh, we only have a couple more episodes left until things really get going. So Denny, I'm going to start to read these questions and we'll answer them hopefully as entertaining and uh, borderline terrible as possible. Yes, uh, and thank you, thank you to the patrons. Yes, yes. This first one's from uh, Tim Tim Karras. Uh, is there truth to to the claims that Denny doesn't actually have a birthday? If reports are true that his estranged wife's lawyers assumed legal ownership of Denny's birthday, September 27, 2015, this would in fact be the sole reason there is no and, and will never be a blue check mark ne- next to at CD Carter 13. Which, by the way, I think that everyone right now should uh, out loud while listening to the show wish Denny a happy birthday. So on three, we're going to say happy birthday, Denny. One, two, three. Happy birthday, Denny. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. I appreciate that. That, that was a resounding happy birthday. Um, uh, yeah, no, there, there's no truth to that rumor. Uh, I still I still own my birthday for now. And, and, and about verification, uh, I will never, ever accept it. I, I've talked with Twitter and said, I will delete if you give me the, the check mark. They said, oh, God, please no. Please no. We need you. We need your posts. So. <laughs> They're they're keeping me unverified. Thank God. I mean, it has to be coming soon with the Roto World gig, right? I I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I've look. I've had I've had several viral tweets. <laughs> I I do the Roto World thing. Uh, I have a decent amount of followers. I have twenty eight parody accounts, literally. Yeah, literally. So I I don't know what else has to happen. So I I don't know. Yeah. Next one's from uh, JT Axelrod. I'm so used to saying at at the beginning, uh, but it's from JT Axelrod. He says, uh, what would your strategy been? What would have your strategy been in the listener league qualifier? Two quarterback, one super flex, four flex, two running backs, three wide receivers, some scoring around completions for quarterbacks, half PPR, one and a half PPR, four tight ends. So if I'm understanding this correctly, it's, it's a two quarterback plus super flex league. Yes, and you're getting you're getting some scoring and some points around completions. I mean, you you would have to favor going quarterback in this case. You yes, you are forced into tight end and quarterback early. I mean, you know, uh, I think Eric Belair, friend of the show, said he wishes that he had gone double tight end to start because of the it's it is it's premium tight end premium. I think. Um, is that in there? Yeah, it's tight end premium and then half yeah. PPR. So it's not even like a normal tight end premium league where everyone else is getting a full point per reception. Everyone else is getting a half point per reception. Wow, it's it's tight end premium on steroids. Yeah, like it's it's yeah, it's like tight end ultra premium. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you have to probably your first four to six picks have to be all quarterbacks and tight ends. The other thing I would say about this, this is a format where, you know, I've done a lot of super flex and this is even more, I mean, this is super flex on steroids, but I've done a lot of super flex studying and research and what I found, sorry, I had like, I had like a burp coming there. You know, everyone has that, right? You you handled it well. Yeah, I think you did it well. Thank you. Uh, So I've done a lot of super flex research and whatnot. And what I found is that, yeah, you can wait on the position because it's predictable. All the things that we talk about on this show in season, why you can stream the quarterback position. You can get a platoon at quarterback with three or four of them instead of, you know, spending up and getting getting two studs at the position because the opportunity cost. The, the thing is, is that uh, the quarterback position in those formats are still currency. They, they still ma- because it does dry up eventually. You know, all quarterbacks are going to be rostered. Backups are going to be rostered. So if you have a, an abundance of, of that position, even if they're bad, right? So in a super flex league, I still think it's fine to get like five quarterbacks because mm-hmm. then you can trade them and use them and leverage and trades. So in this case, like you have to pound the quarterback position. I, I did that on purpose, by the way. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, you, you said position, so I think. Yeah, that, you, you got to pound quarterbacks, guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that that takes something off of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, whoever put, I think Greg Bryant may have come up with this uh, scoring system. He's the, he is the head of the Facebook uh, LTS page and and uh, puts together these leagues. 
And I have to say uh, that you you got especially masochistic with this yeah. uh, with, with this scoring system. Um, I, I respect it, and at the same time, I hate it. So you know, <laughs> yeah. great job because because I, I my 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 nightmare is having to draft a bunch of tight ends and quarterbacks to start a draft. But you know, it it is what it is. Yes. Uh, the next question is from Ben. Have you guys played Fall Guys at all? If you are looking for something to tilt, it's pretty fantastic. Have you seen Fall Guys? Like, have you seen what this is all about? I, I, I see you tweeting about it, and that's all I know about it. Okay. So let me let me, let me me try to, to create this picture for you, okay? Do you, do you remember playing Mario Party? I do. Okay. Do you, you know how there's, like, mini games in Mario Party? Like, one of them being, like, right. Mushroom Mix-Up was one of them, where you had to, like, f- go on the mushroom that was based on the color that Toad's flag was raised, the, the color of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, we have Mario Party on, on Nintendo Wii, which is pretty fun. Okay, yeah. So, every, you know, all of you guys have played Mario Party. Now, imagine Mario Party with 60 people, and it's, it's more so instead of a, a mini game like that, a lot of them are, like, obstacle course races. And if you fall off, then, you know, you start back at a, at a certain checkpoint on some of the races, et cetera, et cetera. But what it is, is it's an elimination. So every round, there's like five rounds and every round people get eliminated until there's one standing. So you start with 60 people and there's little doofy guys that have like, like they wobble back and forth and, and you can like dress them up and change their color and stuff. But the, you, you start with 60 people all online and uh, you you narrow down things you eliminate players until there's one standing and you get a crown that's what that's what they've they've dubbed the, the wins you get a little crown they're like currency mm-hmm. and you can buy more outfits for your character and whatnot but it's very fun and it's very tilting because of the just the physics and the mechanics of the game and you running into people and like it's just effing wild right I, I i filtered myself for the kids there yeah for the kids yes. uh but it's really really fun and i have played a lot of fall guys i have 12 went 12 crowns now um and i'm i'm shooting there's a there's a a little trophy that you will get on at least ps4 uh when you get to 20 so i'm, I'm really trying to get to the 20 mark but i'm at 12 now i'm not i'm not bad at that fall guys so are we still playing what was the other game? Oh, Animal oh, Crossing. I've I haven't really logged on in a couple of weeks, you know. I'm, it's oh. kind of losing its allure, but um Animal Crossing is still fun. It's still a good game. I still recommend uh, it. I, I think Animal Crossing has been replaced by this by Fall Guys. Fall, so Fall Guys is a lot Fall Guys, Fall Guys is much more just uh generally acceptable, I feel like as like cuz it's like a real video game. Like there's there's like skill involved and yeah. and like you're 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 moving more and you're like you're actually like trying to do something more than just like communicate with a non-playing character of of, of these little animals on your island. Uh, but it's a really good game. I you should you should definitely go to YouTube and look at some videos of it just so you can get a clearer idea of what I'm describing. Yeah, I mean, my son will probably make me do that eventually, but it does it does sound potentially fun. It's fun. I, your son would love it. It's it's a fun game. Uh, all right, next question is from Eric Belair. Let's say the season gets canceled at some point. Have you thought at all about what you'll do with that time, either work-wise, personally, or for leisure? Um, I mean, my job and your job now too with Roto World is very much tied to yeah. the season happening. Um, so I am very much uh, hoping that it doesn't get canceled, but I will say that I am trying to, and I have some some backup plans as to what I can do on behalf of FanDuel if that does indeed happen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for me, I think I would just uh, spiral into existential tilt um, and uh, maybe cash out my 401k uh, and uh, try to finish my book. Maybe those are, those are the three things. So, so existential crisis, cash out 401k, finish book. Those are my three priorities. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I'm feeling pretty confident that it's going to – I mean, it's definitely going to at least start. Um, but I feel pretty confident that it's going to like, I, at this point, and it, I think it's obviously very valid, but at this point, I wouldn't be shocked if like the, the protesting, the protest related stuff is just as big of a hurdle as the coronavirus stuff for the NFL at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was tweeting about that the other day, how these things, uh, domino, the domino effect is so fast with these sort of movements and you see NFL players, um, you know, kind of you know, making noise about like, why aren't we uh, doing what the NBA is doing and, and WNBA obviously. And, and uh, now I guess NHL and MLB uh, and, you know, teams have canceled practices. I mean, and these are 
critical practices, you know, in a, in a shortened off season with everything going on, no preseason uh, for them to cancel practices is a, is a big deal. I I don't, I don't know. I still can't really tell if it's going to, you know, if it's going to lead to like a, a strike, like a general sports strike of some kind. I, I don't, I don't think it's headed in, in that direction. Um, but I think you're right. I think that actually the social justice uh, piece of the puzzle is more likely to shut down the season than the virus at this point, which is really something. It's really, when you think about it, the fact that you have two, two crises of that magnitude going on at the same time is it is, it's, it's not nothing. Yeah, I mean, and also, you know, look, we're two white dudes talking about this, so let's just be real. We don't, we don't live what what pe- people of color in this country live, and we can't, we can't feel exactly what they feel. We can be there, we can listen, etc. But just to be completely honest, like we're, you know, I can at least speak on on behalf of myself. I'm not someone who should sit here and talk about exactly what the answers are and who's right and who's wrong in terms of how they go about doing all of this, right? Um, yeah. What I can say is. I totally back whatever these athletes feel they need to do in order to push this forward and actually enact change. And what we're already seeing is some change happening uh, with 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 uh, NBA owners and and how they're opening their uh, stadiums and, and arenas to to pull as polling locations and, and stuff like that. What this what this says though, these athletes were already putting their lives on the line in terms of, of playing uh, with this virus out there. And, and you guys might take that quote and say, that's absurd. These guys are in great health, all of that. But, and, and look, people who are working in grocery stores are putting their lives on the line. People who are, all of them are putting their lives on the line. This isn't, this isn't me glorifying what athletes are and do. I'm just saying this is what's going on in the world right now, right? Um, and, and what does it tell you that they're clearly and more openly more worried about what's going on in this world outside of COVID mm-hmm. to be doing this stuff. What does it tell you about what's actually going on there? The substance that's there and, and the importance that's there. So I think it's really important for, for folks to at least, you know, not jump the gun and be like, this is ridiculous that you're protesting and it's not going to be meaningful and it doesn't matter. Um, I, I just think it's very, very important. And I feel the need to say this on, on the show. It's very, very important to sit back and, and ask yourself how and why are these people doing this when, uh, you know, very clearly their actions are speaking and telling us that they're more scared and worried about these these folks that are dying on the streets than they are a virus that's killing hundreds of thousands of people. It, the uh, it is amazing to see the white athletes, the white football players specifically, uh, finally listening. It, it, it's it's yeah. something that I really did not expect to ever see. You know, uh, in 2016. White NFL players, largely, almost exclusively, they were not listening uh, to to what black players were saying, uh, and and now you have Ryan Tannehill, yeah, standing in front of cameras, um, uh, talking about systemic racism and how it play that and 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 how that sits at the center of law enforcement in the United States. That is unbelievable to me i that looks like a scene out of the future like out of like 50 years into the future and it's accelerated so fast you have baker mayfield saying without hesitation i'm kneeling you right. know i'm kneeling during the anthem would have been unheard of four years ago not 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 40 years four years ago yeah so so to see the the high profile white players who basically said and did nothing to support black players four years ago step up is uh, I think important and and also it's uh, pretty uh, pretty great to see and and there were a lot of takes flying about well what's 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 this gonna do not playing sports and, and not doing this what does this actually mean and what what does it do for for this movement and pushing things forward um, well what it does is it, it it forces people who have a lot of power and a lot of money to do something. Because you, you, you have owners and managers of these teams and franchises who have crazy connections, who have tons and tons of money that can actually do something and push this forward. And until, you know, instead of slapping Black Lives Matters on a, on a basketball court, when, when these players are saying, no, we're not actually going to give you a product because these players know they have this leverage, it's forcing people to actually have to look themselves in the mirror and say, what can I do to, to change this. And you know, there's going to be a lot of people too that are saying, I love my, of course, there's going to be 
folks who are like, oh, we don't need basketball anyway. We don't need sports anyway. But there's at least going to be a fraction of people out there who, who say, why are they doing this? Oh, maybe I can think reflectively a little bit and say, oh, maybe I can do a little bit something here too because these players, it means this much to them that they're going to give up their dreams of playing in the playoffs, right? Two, I almost sounded like, like Jim Mora there. Playoffs? Playoffs? We're but talking about playoffs? What does it tell you that they're willing to give up a playoff game and 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 not playing like this is their dream you guys like this is not something they're they're not virtue signaling here this isn't something that's that that they're just doing to do it's a big deal and i, I think yeah. it's just really really important for us uh, and especially you and me denny as as white guys who don't uh feel this pressure ever in our life right uh, uh from from police from from anyone right uh, and, and the racial injustice. I think it's just important for people who listen to this show or anyone who can hear us right now to at least be a little reflective about what's going on right now. Don't just brush it aside as nothing. I think I think people are actually doing that. Me I too. That, yeah. Uh, and public polling, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, evidence, evidence based, uh, not, not just anecdotally, but but evidence based stuff about uh, showing how people feel a uh, public polling has, has shown that there's been a massive shift uh, among Americans and most specifically white Americans. And that's not to say that white Americans opinions matter more, but if you don't have white people on your side at all, uh, then you, you don't, you don't have the public. And if you have the public on your side, then you can enact change. You can pressure decision makers into uh, implementing that change, into wielding their influence to make that happen. So there's definitely uh, been a shift, and uh, and and like you said, that the the NBA strike, which is what it what it is, whether it lasts two days or however long, it it is a strike. It is uh, it's not, it's not just signaling. It's not just saying, this is, this is what I believe. And I'm going to show you. It's like, no, 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 we're very serious. We're, they were going to cancel the season. I mean, yeah. if, if the, you know, the, I think Clippers and Lakers both said we're done, we're, right. we're leaving, we're leaving the bubble. And it was that, you know, that, that sort of seriousness. So. Yeah. And, and whatever you want to believe in the role that sports plays you know, in my opinion, sports are incredibly important to everything we do as a country uh, and, and, and civilization as a whole because of what it what it brings in terms of it being an outlet, how it brings people together, uh, the competition of it all and what that means and how, you know, it doesn't have to be this like back and forth battle of, of uh, with with no one uh you know in, in the end you can you can shake the other person's hand and be like this was this was well thought out instead of you know being so divisive and, and never talking to a human ever again after an argument like there's just so many things that sport why as to why sports is important and so you know people people who are like angry you know the stick to sports people um look i i, I can understand where you're coming from at least right i i get it but as as much as I have not been a fan of like Colin Coward in the past, I don't know if you saw what what he said uh, and and what what his, I I don't like Colin Coward's takes very often at all. Mm -hmm. um, but he 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 made a comment about what do you want out of your athletes? It was this like five six minute bit that he did, and mm -hmm. it was what do you want out of your athletes? Do you want them to just play sports, or do you want something more? Do you want them to show you that they want to win and that they they want to, to enact change and that they're more than just this game. And you have to ask yourself, what do you want from these players? And what do you want from these athletes? They have a platform and they have the ability to, to help enact change. Do you want them to just only play sports and that's it? I mean, some people might, but I don't think that's right. I don't think that's just. And I think that we can all at least look at what's going on and just look at the world a little bit differently as a result. Absolutely. Well said. Thank you. Uh, this next question is is uh, kind of deep, actually. Uh, another deep one. Are you guys sending your kids back to school? I had to withdraw my son from a preschool that is really hard to get into and feel like I made a mistake in denying him an education. At the same time, we live with a high-risk parent and have a newborn, so I was scared. I, look, I, I, to me, it's an individual thing. Uh, I, I understand you know, the, the balance of wanting the, the education uh, with the risk of this virus. Um, and it depends on the situation that you're in too, I think, you know, I mean, like if, if, if in a world where you're a frontline worker, 
and you're not able to stay at home with your kid, of course you have to try to find some way to, to get your kid, whether to school or daycare. Um, my, my wife and I decided that we are not sending Avery to daycare and things until things totally settle down because we're both working from home right now. It's going to be a rough football season for sure. So I'm sorry if the content is a little bit worse than you typically see, but, uh, that was the decision that we made. The way that I saw it is if I have to sleep a lot less and work a lot more hours at night and stuff that I typically do, it's, it's worth the payoff of her at least being home and, and having this environment. But again, I feel very lucky that we don't have a school age kid right now where like, you know, she's two years old and she can, she can just play with her toys and watch some iPad, et cetera, if we have meetings. So it's not as big of a deal for us, but Denny, I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts. We were going to send Eleanor, uh, my daughter, who's four years old, we were going to send her to her final year of preschool. And then we read the document that the school sent around outlining their COVID safety protocols and as good as they were. And they, and it was, it was a good plan. You know, I mean, there wasn't anything glaring that was, that was missing from the plan. Melissa and I just couldn't justify sending Eleanor back. And we desperately want to, Mm -hmm. uh, for several reasons. One, uh, we want her to have that socialization with, right. with, with it's her age. She hasn't had that now since March. Right. And that's, you know, I, I, I can say honestly that I'm devastated that she's missing out on that. And she'll probably miss her entire last year of preschool. And she's going to go into kindergarten after, uh, after 18 months or 20 months without, without a school environment. You know, we are going to provide some schooling, here at home, how good that'll be. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, you know, as far as taking care of the kids while we're working, cause we can, we can both work from home. Uh, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. I mean, it's, uh, it's the worst and I have the utmost respect for single parents. And I, I always have, but I have a new recognition right. of how, of what they, deal with on an, on, on an everyday basis. And I have a partner and it's still hard as hell yeah, uh, yeah. To, to, to parent and work and do a good job at your work. And you're right. I mean, it, it, I, I'm trying to accept and it's hard, but I'm trying to accept the fact that a lot of my work is going to have to be after the kids go to bed or at, or before the kids get up in mm-hmm. the morning. Uh, and that's, that's not an easy thing to accept because when they're in school, I have plenty of time to do what I need to do during the day. Um, and the schedule is nice and it works out, but we are, you know, trapped in this spot where you either have to send your kid to a place where there could be a COVID breakout, or you have to live with the hell of trying to be teacher and parent and uh, worker yeah. all, all at once. Yeah. And not, and not give your kid the, the type of, of social environment that you would want them to be in. I mean, it's just, it's not an easy decision. Like I said, I mean, I, I don't think anyone's right or wrong or anything. You just have to do what you think is best for, for you and your family. Um, all right. Now we're going to get back on fantasy football. We've been, we've been pretty deep here for yeah. the last like 15 minutes, Denny. I oh. didn't see that coming, but I think it's okay. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's fine. Okay. Look, this is, this is just us. This is who we are. You guys can, uh, you can take it or leave it. And, and it's, it's not one of those things where like, like we're very inviting and we want to talk to everyone and, and interact with everyone, but we're not going to pretend to be people that we're not. Uh, this next one is my top three running backs are slash were, I don't know. Wait, why is there a were? Oh, because he has Kenyon Drake, David Montgomery and Darius Geis. Uh, Denny, why am I trapped in the Black Lodge? The Black, yes. The Black Lodge is a Twin Peaks reference. Yeah, I figured. It, it, basically. Uh, did you know that? No, I just figured just based on like the, the references to the show and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, it's like hell kind of. Uh, and yeah, no, you are, you are trapped in the Black Lodge. I mean, the Drake thing, he's in a walking boot, which sounds horrible, but you know, the athletic does a lot of really in-depth reporting on injuries and I'm not. I'm not picking up that the Drake injury is like super serious. Are you? Uh, no, I, I'm not either. I, I think that it's fine. I mean, he was in a walking boot last year at this time, actually. Um, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, maybe he just really likes late August walking boots. It, it, it could be a style. It could be a late summer style for him. I don't know. But anyway, you're, I think you're okay with Drake. Montgomery is toast. And 
who was the other guy? Darius Geis uh, is, is ultra toast. I mean, got, like, get Darius Geis out of here. Like, just get him he, off the show. Told, it's amazing. You know, a guy goes from locked in, starting running back in the NFL to will literally never play in the NFL again, all all at once. And and good and good, but still, it's right. amazing. Uh, yeah, and the Montgomery thing. I know that people are are wondering where to value him, etc. I'm not drafting David Montgomery. There, there's. I was not drafting David Montgomery really before this because I didn't see a real ceiling for him. But now you don't know what's going on with the injury. He's not. He didn't look like a special talent last year. There's just. There's no reason I don't think to to draft David Montgomery unless he drops a lot. I did a best ball today, and I saw Montgomery go in the seventh round, which is two rounds after his normal ADP, but not nearly yeah. far enough. Like, like I, I was like talking, you know, I was kind of considering not in the seventh, but thinking if he's around in the tenth or eleventh, I yeah. may, I may go ahead and get him, but not the seventh. You gotta wait. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this next question is from Brian Smith. Which of these three guys would you cut in a 12-team dynasty rebuild? So we have to cut three of these players. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay, Dante Pettis cut. We can cut Dante Pettis right away, right? <laughs> what? What? I thought he's the number one receiver no, get, for the get, Niners Get now. Dante Pettis out of here. He's trash. He's been, I, he's I, been you, awful. Ayuk's hurt. Debo's hurt. Everybody's hurt. Yeah, he's still going to be terrible. Pettis is still going to be terrible. He's bad. <laughs> Okay, let me let me read you the other name because I have the names in front of me, and I know that the rest of them are at least like moderate, have some upside, and are interesting. Okay, okay. you have Quintez Cephas who could play slot for Detroit uh, and well. I'm actually fairly high on him. You have Miles Boykin, who is a Denny. I mean, he's got to be like a Denny fave, just given given who he is. Yeah. Yeah, no, a totally volatile big receiver. Yeah, give me that guy. Yeah. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, uh, who is apparently playing with the ones, and it looks he had a good practice yesterday, so that's good. Andy Isabella, who I still think has some interesting upside. I mean, a lot of these guys are probably not going to hit, but I still think Andy Isabella is interesting. Okay, Alan Lazard, Antonio Gandy-Golden, who could also start for Washington, and Sammy Watkins, and then in parentheses for the haters. I, I, I still think you have to keep Sammy. Uh, I, to me, it's Pettis... Uh, I guess Isabella mm. and I guess Arthega Whiteside, maybe Cephas. And I, I am 100% keeping Arthega Whiteside. For some reason, I am, I'm all about the Whiteside life, life right now. And, um, so I, I, I like, I like him. I, I'm, I'm cutting Cephas, Pettis and who was the last guy? No, no, not Watkins, but. Isabella? Yeah, I guess I, I guess yeah. Yeah, I mean this is not an easy decision. I, I, I think you can go in a lot of different directions. I would keep though, I would keep Gandy Golden. I think yeah. that he has some upside. Uh Alan Lazard could could easily have a good mm-hmm. season this year. Uh and moving forward. And then I'd keep Sammy for sure. I think the the rest of them, I mean, there's still question marks around Miles Boykin, Arthega Whiteside, Isabella, Cephas, and Pettis. I think those are the ones that you would be considering. Cool. All right, next one. Next right. one's from Byron. I uh, was going to ask a question, but I am dead because I drank every time JJ reminded us it was a 14-team league, and Denny said he worked for Roto World during the listener draft. <laughs> I can't believe people listen to the listener draft episode, actually. I, I have to say people are very into the listener draft, and good. And, you know, it, it does – it requires a lot of concentration, especially on your part as the host of the show and and the, and a drafter. Um, uh, I – I guess I did mention that a few times, and also, but just to defend JJ, it's important because otherwise, if you if you don't know it's a fourteen team league, it sounds like we're noobs. Yeah, with with where we're taking these guys, like I forget somebody went in the third that usually goes in like the fifth, but it yeah. made total sense. So yeah. yeah, you know. Anyway, I, I I'll defend you on that point. I will say I have regrets about because I, I I wanted to just get like bold and kind of degaff in the draft and then I took Tyler Lockett like ahead of Amari Cooper. I regretted it immediately for the record because he because I said on the show all of that that I have Cooper ahead of him and then I ended up getting DK Metcalf. In an ideal world, I would not have done that, but I'm still going to win the listener league. Oh wow, this yeah. is super confident. Uh, next one. Ha- this is from Ian. Have you guys heard of tonsil stones? I just learned that they were a thing last week and that my wife gets them and I've never been so horrified and disgusted in my entire life. Have you heard of them, Denny? 
I think so. I, I may have known them as a, as a different name, but basically I think it's food getting stuck in your tonsils. Yeah, I think it's like some sort of like deposit or, that happens. Oh, deposit. Okay. That, but okay. but I, I think it could be from stemming from food. But I, I don't know. I don't have tonsils. I got my tonsils removed when I was in third grade. You guys are learning a lot about the health of me. Um, wow. Yeah. I got them removed in like third grade. That was not a fun experience, by the way. How long were you down? Uh, I think like a week and a half. I got my tonsils oh. and adenoids removed. Man, that is long. I I was uh, I was down for a week after my wisdom teeth because it was like a really difficult wisdom tooth situation. Yeah. Um. So I, I uh, yeah no I I I I'm familiar with that. I actually know someone who who has had that situation, and you're right. It is the grossest possible thing. Please, please, no one Google tonsil stones, please. Yeah, I mean, they're just like, they just sit in the back of your, like, they're like on your, like little white things on your tonsils, right? Like, aren't they just like chilling there, like hanging out? And you can like pull them out with like a tweezer, I think. Oh my God. Yeah, just imagine like a tweezer going in there and just messing with the tonsil a little bit and just yanking this little small piece of something out. Are you, are you trying to make me throw up on air? (laughs) Does that stuff get to you? Yeah, I yes, yes. Uh, like 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 surgery shows. You know how like there'll be random shows oh. on TLC and stuff, and they'll they'll show like mm. there, there's that one there's that one doctor that skin doctor who's on TLC now. I I don't oh. know what, what is it doctor is it doctor pimple or something like that. Yes, something like that. It's and, horrifying. Yeah, oh my, she she pulls so much crazy. Like people have the most insane juices coming out of their body on that show i've maybe i've maybe seen like clips of like two or three episodes before it's it's horrific it's so i don't know why people watch that stuff have you ever seen the show botched yes yes it's honestly like if the cia ever needs to torture me they they just need to make me watch botched (laughs) you you heard me cia i know you're listening uh, because that, that is, that, that's the, the people, the things that people do to themselves on the cheap, like it's all with people trying to be cheap with plastic surgery. Yeah. And if you're going to alter your body in such a, a drastic way, I think you just got to pay up. Yeah. You got to You got to do it. Uh, this next question is from Christopher. Have you, ha- have you ever thrown a boomerang? Which of you would be better at it? Which of you would be, that's the last, that's it. That's, that's the question. Yeah. I included this question because it's so bizarre. It's it is bizarre. a very bizarre question. I, I, have you thrown boomerangs before? I have, I don't know why, but I have. So actually I do know why the kid who lives across from us actually can throw a boomerang and he, he's like eight and he can throw it really well. And like catch it and himself. He, yeah. Like he's not even Australian. I don't understand how <laughs> he, he can, he, he can do it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and, and he doesn't either, like, I thought that he would be riding around on a kangaroo throwing, you know, but he doesn't. And I, um, I tried it and, uh, I threw it immediately into someone's yard, uh, like 40 yards to the right <laughs> of where I was aiming. So I'm, I'm, I'm not good at it. Oh, so I would be better than you at it. Yeah. Well, I think your patience and commitment to, uh, you know, to perfect, not perfection, but to excellence would, yeah, uh, would pay you. off. And I would I would snap the thing and and two if I wasn't able to do it on my third try. Yeah, I got you. Are you are you one of those people? So there's there's two types of people in this world, in my opinion. There are people who will do things even if they know they're going to be bad at them. But then there are people who only do things that they're good at. Are you are you one? Are are you the person who only really? I mean I mean like really commits to doing something that you're good at. Uh, yeah, if it's clear that I'm not really good or like if my personality is not going to fit a certain kind of task or, or job or something, then I will not put, put a ton of effort into it. I'll, I'll instead try to focus my energy on something that I think fits the way that I think and operate a little, a little better. If that, I'm not sure. Yeah, if that no, yeah, that makes sense. I, cause I'm someone who doesn't do very well in trying new things but when i know that there's not much of an alternative i will absolutely try anything and if i'm bad at it i'm okay with being bad at that thing but because like like for instance a good example of this i had one of my good friends had a bachelor party in south carolina like four years ago or something and we rode we rode quads okay and i i had never i'm not like this outdoorsy country guy right and so I had never ridden one before, but a lot of the people that were there were like 
like pros at it. Like they've done this multiple times in their life. Right. right. The, the whole day that we did it, I was basically like alone on the trails because I couldn't keep up with anyone, but like, I wasn't going to just stop doing it because I was get. I still like can find, I try to find enjoyment with what I'm doing. My, like uh-huh. I still had a blast, like just mm-hmm. kind of hanging out in the wilderness by myself. That, you know, that's a credit to you. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was moderately embarrassing, but then I just destroyed all of them in cornhole later in the night, so it was fine. Yeah, well, there you go. You can you can come back with something you're good at. But uh, I, I, I'm not surprised uh, by that, and I try to do that sometimes with 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 certain activities. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, no one is good at golf when they start. I mean, literally, no yeah. one. Like when when people say, "Oh, I suck at golf." Yes, of course you suck at golf. Right. If you don't play enough, if you don't practice constantly, then you're not going to be good. Like right. it's not no one just picks it up. And um and so I I thought for a long time that I actually was like unnaturally bad at golf, but I kept I kept going. So I guess that's one thing, but usually I'm the opposite of, yeah. of what you're saying. I got you. Uh this next one's from Washed Gamer. What are your thoughts on players get going vegan slash vegetarian? Adjust your ranks or doesn't hold any weight? I feel like we are overthinking it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I want to see. I want to see a real, genuine study on this. I need real, real correlation causation. Right. I, I need. I need that to be laid out in front of me for me to put any weight into it. Yeah, I mean, how could you? Come, you know, during your draft, it, you know, you, I, when I think of things like this, like factors that that may be incorporated into how you view a player, I try to think of how I would approach it during the draft because that's that's when your feet are to the fire. Like that's when you have to make these choices. And when I think about seeing a player and thinking back to a news item I recently read about him eating celery. <laughs> And thinking, I don't know, I don't know if I can take this guy, the celery. Th- then that's just that sounds silly to me, and I can't, I cannot incorporate that into how I value the player. Yeah. Uh, this next one is from Apologies to the Kids. Which wipes are better, Pampers or Huggies? This is, of course, a poop-related question since this is a poop podcast. Uh, Do you have a reference? You know, we've been we've we ended up going with like the Amazon brand for wipes because yeah. they're easy to acquire and I mean you just got to feed the the Amazon beast, right? That's just what we do it these days. This is a Huggies house. Okay. Okay, this is there will be no Pampers wipes in this house. Although we have recently switched to to Target brand wipes, so I guess that that answers that question, but of those two, it's Huggies all the way, and especially when they were babies, when the kids were babies. Yeah. Uh, the the Pampers, if I remember correctly, like spread. I'm sorry, I'm going to get details. Spread the poop rather than kind of picked it up yeah. off of the off Man, of the butt. I don't remember. I, like, how insane is it? How 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 much you black out when you have infants? Like, yeah. it's just it's. I mean, you've been through two, so maybe it's like fresh in your mind still a little like you remember it a little bit more because you you had more repetition because you did a second child but like I, I i have friends who have infants right now and i'm like i don't even remember what that was really like <laughs> were you drunk through the, i the just whole i just like you know thinking about like changing a a a, a real poopy diaper <laughs> you know because now avery's got like human poops going on like real, yeah. real adult poops. Right. Yeah. Like, like, like a freaking zoo animal. I know. Once yeah. They, it's like a, like a, like a brick coming out sometimes, you know, oh. trying to, you know, you know, the, you know, the brick poops, you know what I'm talking oh. about. Oh, I do. The poor kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got to get that mirror lax in them. Hey, and... she, she fortunately has not had knock on wood, any, any, uh, true constipation issues yet. Really? Yes. Um, both of my kids struggled so much when they were little. It was, it was horrible horrible you've never felt like such empathy for for a person than you do for your kids having constipation because you know like you're like oh i know i know you you know i want to scream too when it happens to me (laughs) so she she, she's still she's still at the age where she will just poop like she's not potty trained yet or anything but she she will just like poop wherever she's at like she doesn't move to but like i know that kids will like eventually like they move to corners and stuff right like they'll they'll like find like hiding spots to do their business which you can you know respect like i get it it makes sense to me my my mom said that i used to go into the coat closet every time 
<laughs> and then when I turned 13, I stopped. So that was. That's great. Yeah. Till, till you were, you were 13. <laughs> there was a, there wasn't there that Dane cook, uh, sketch about someone, uh, pooping on the coats. And that, yeah, that's right. He, uh, by the way, have you seen a picture of Dane cook recently? Do you remember? I was going to ask you the same thing because, oh my dear God, he looks like he, he went through like a carrot top type type revolution with his body and face what like he doesn't look like himself at all <laughs> it's very because he used to be incredibly like an incredibly attractive man right yeah and, and now now it's like i i was sh- i was shocked when i saw him we're six months away from seeing him on botched <laughs> yeah we really are <laughs> we really are man uh the last question is from uh reg kim what is JJ going to do about this? It's pronounced fob tattoo now that fob is canceled. Yeah. So I guess I lost. I mean, I, I, I guess I lost. So free agent auction budget F A A B is why I would pronounce it fob like, yeah. like sob. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now uh, the, the, the fantasy platforms like Yahoo and I think ESPN did it too. ESPN might've changed it to something completely different. Or they might not have changed it. I know that Yahoo did at least. They're changing it to just free agent budget to take off the the auction, and so uh, now it's clearly fab. Like that's it. Like you can't it, pronounce that fob, or else you're a moron. You you have lost. I'm afraid, but but you you fought a good fight because. Well, first of all, you weren't you weren't arguing that it that it should include auction. You're just arguing over the pronunciation of F A A B. Correct. Which I I always thought of as fob as well. So yeah, you know I think we were on the same page. I, I think that the haters were absolutely on the wrong side of that. Turns out we were on the wrong side of history. But that, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, that's the last question for today, Denny. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, at CD Carter thirteen on the Twitter. I have my fantasy equity score report available at DraftDayConsultants.com if you'd like to check that out. I'm on Twitter at late round QB. You can listen to my other podcast, the late round podcast, which can be found anywhere. Podcasts can be found. This one can be too. Uh, Denny, let's go get some milkshakes. We have bold predictions next week and then week one, the week after. Thanks for listening. Everyone. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to live in the stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Now it won't take long. It's fast. Football info. Check out latebrownqb.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.